The Highlander was just a movie, I mean... Oh, Frylock, The Highlander was a documentary, and the events happened in real time. And I don't know what's wrong. Put it we got a night of souls for you, for you, for you. From the dawn of time we came, moving silently down through the centuries, living many secret lives, struggling to reach the time of the gathering, when the few who remain will battle to the last. No one has ever known we were among you. Until now. We have a Frenchman playing a Scotsman. We have a Scotsman playing an Egyptian posing as a Spaniard. We have Mr. Krabs playing a real bastard. We have music by Queen. We have Highlander right here on the late night fright. Get ready to cue the music. We are the princes of the universe. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very heady, immortal co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, I'm feeling the energy tonight. I'm feeling that dragon energy, Mm -hmm. as they call it. I'm feeling good. Might have a little something to do with the movie we're talking about tonight. Right there in the bumper, (laughs) we described it. We have a movie that features a Frenchman. As a Scotsman, a Scotsman is an Egyptian posing as a Spaniard, and he's got five names. We've got the Kurgan faith. What are we talking about tonight? We are talking about Highlander. Highlander. Now, usually we do horror films here on the Late Night Fright. We occasionally will dip our toes into the world of superhero films, Mm -hmm. fantasy, sci-fi. We are dipping our big toe into the world of fantasy tonight. And this is in honor and tribute to one of the stars of this film, Sean Connery. He left this last week. Big loss for the international community, really. It was. Real icon. Uh, Check out our episode we did on Jeepers Creepers. We did about 25 minutes. We talked about Sean Connery and his legacy and, and what he's left behind. And we made the executive decision during that show to do Highlander just because this is one of my favorite films of all time. I love this movie. This is a first time watch for you tonight, right? It was. And look, I'm so glad you picked it. And it kind of sucks that you you picked it at this time. Like we had to lose him for us to finally do this movie. Right. <laughs> you know, but right. I'm really glad you picked it. <laughs> I am glad I picked it too. You know what else? I'm glad that all of you out there are with us right now here in Cozy Corner. We hope you're happy. We hope you're healthy. We hope that you are safe. We hope that you are sane. There's a lot going on in the world right now. A lot going on. We don't talk politics on this show. We we try to stay away from current events outside of somebody like Sean Connery passing away. We'll address right. that. John Saxon passed away a few months ago. We, we talked about him a little bit on the show. We try to stay away from all that, and we're not going to touch on it too much tonight. All I'm going to say is, as the Bible says, be joyful. Yeah. Be joyful. Things, you know. A lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of turning in the air. Be joyful. Mm-hmm. Don't be down. Don't be sad. Be joyful. Twenty twenty has been a year. I've never seen anything like this. A year that started off 
really just yeah went down into the garbage chute <laughs> like uh like in Star Wars. And as continually as as the year has gone by, uh you think it can't get any worse and it says hold my beer, you know. <laughs> so we're almost out of this, but I just want to say to everybody out there, be joyful. That that's all I'm going to say. And in the words of the late great Bob Wilkins, watch horror movies, keep America strong. So this year really has kind of been a mini version of hell right <laughs> a little bit and yeah. it turns out that scientists may have discovered hell i think they did okay let me get this uh i have this note here i dropped the note uh faith was just telling me about this they have discovered planet k2-141b k2-141b if you want to look that up faith please describe to our listeners what this is <laughs> This is a planet with oceans made of lava. It rains rocks and it has wind speeds that are supersonic speeds. It's basically hell. <laughs> this uh, sounds a lot like the planet Mustafar where Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker had their yes, it duel does. <laughs> in Revenge of the Sith. That's what it sounds like. I would like to uh, put this forward. I don't know who names things. Who, who is there? Is there an international committee to name know. planets? Hmm. I think they should just call it 2020. I, I really do. I, I think they should just call that. this 2020. Because, of course, they would discover this planet in 2020. Of course they would. Of course they would. So, speaking of Obi-Wan Kenobi, we have Sean Connery playing a character very much in, in the vein of Obi-Wan Kenobi and the great mentors of all time. We have Christopher Lambert, international film star, playing Connor McCloud. He is an immortal. This movie, uh, what I like about this movie is the description of this movie. When you describe this movie to people, and, and this happened last week for me when I described it to you, your face, I should have taken a picture because it was the most precious thing I've seen. Your face kind of lit up. <laughs> And there was there was just a hint of what? Right. When I said, "Would you like to would you like to give the basic bare bones description of this movie?" You go ahead. There's a race of immortals who fight with swords and try to cut off the other one's head to gain their power, and in the end there can only be one and they're going to win the prize. So they're playing what they call the game. Uh, See, and, I like hearing it because it gets me excited here. And it's leading to the gathering when, in which all the remaining immortals will come together and they will battle for the prize. I love this movie. This movie was directed by Russell Mulcahy out of Australia. It was written by Gregory Wyden. This movie started life as a senior screenwriting project. Uh, originally, it was titled Shadow Clan and uh, went through some changes, as you can you can imagine, before it finally got to the finished product that we have. Um Kind of a little fun bit of trivia. Kurt Russell was originally cast as uh, the Highlander. I could see that. Would have been a different film, I think, with Kurt I Russell. I think so, in but it. I could have seen it, maybe. Yes. Uh, fun trivia before we get into it. Uh, Ewan McGregor connections. Actually, I'm going to save the Ewan McGregor connections because I think they're pretty fun. So right. we might save that for a little <laughs> later. Let's get the get the big conversation out the way and hit them with some fun stuff. But uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. I, this, is, this really, truly is one of my favorite films. Yeah, it's... It's pretty good. It is It is pretty good. So one more time, if, in case you didn't hear it earlier. Ready, Faith? We have we have a Frenchman playing a Scotsman. A Scotsman playing an Egyptian that's posing as a Spaniard. Mr. Krabs playing a real bastard. Yeah. And we have music by Queen. Queen. We have music by Queen. <laughs> Faith, what time is it? It is time for the late night fright. All right. Pour yourself a cup of coffee. 
get your energy up, put your feet up, whatever it is, get comfortable. It's time for the late night fright. Cue the music. We will be right back. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Listen to them, children of the night, what music they make. Welcome to prime time, bitch! <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch! I find your lack of faith disturbing. The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! Are you a content creator, sales professional, or small business owner? Do you need professional-looking videos for your social media? Check out RevMedia.group. At RevMedia, we take raw footage you film on your phone, webcam, or mobile device and turn it into professional, branded content. RevMedia offers editing, graphics, commercially licensed music, and more. And with RevMedia, you can even upload your footage right from your phone or mobile device. With 24-hour turnaround time, you'll be posting professional-looking video content faster than ever. RevMedia. You film it, we edit. Visit RevMedia.group to find out more. That's R-E-V-M-E-D-I-A dot group. RevMedia. Son, this is your dad, Larry. It's Saturday night at Poncho's House of Cramps. Do you want the Tex-Mex platter? Yeah, I want the Tex-Mex platter. You want spinach or cheese enchiladas? Give me both. I'm a man, ain't I? Yes, you are. Listen, son, there is a tin spot sitting right there on the counter by the little bowl that I throw my keys in when I come in. Listen, I'm doing the late night piano lounge set here at Poncho's House of Cramps. That's the Tex-Mex restaurant, you know, uh, right, right close to downtown. Listen, son, I need you to twist one off for your old man Bring me that 10 spot, because I ain't got no cash. There's a gentleman here, willing to part with a December 1979 Playboy issue. It's the one that's got Raquel Welch in it. Son, this is my holy grail. My collection goes from... November of 1979 right to January of 1980. Skips right over beautiful, luscious 
Raquel Welch. So if you could bring me that 10 spot so I can make this transaction. Bring me that one that you're twisting off for your old man. And stop at the convenience store and pick me up a pack of cigs. Well, son, I love you. This is your dad, Larry. Saturday night, Poncho's House of Crayons. Ooh la la, Raquel. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Faith, I am immortal. I have inside me blood of kings. Do you? I do. I'm feeling that dragon energy tonight. Very Faith. nice. Feeling <laughs> the dragon energy. I think it has something to do with the film that we're talking about. As I said earlier, really, truly, one of my favorite films of all time. This is a film that spawned uh, a multimedia franchise. It spawned sequels. It spawned a television series, comic books, novels, uh, games, I believe, too. I do, I do believe it uh, spawned video games. Uh, for me, the first one is the best one. We're going to get into to the legacy of this. There's some weird stuff with the sequels. <laughs> There's some weird, weird stuff. I think four films total plus the TV yeah, show. Yeah, I read this was the only one you should watch. Oh, it really, it really is. As we uh, we described it already, uh, if you did your homework, we always give you the movie a week before, so you should have watched it. But uh, in case you didn't or you missed the description, it is about a race of immortals fighting each other with swords. They cut each other's heads off, <laughs> gain the other's power, and they're all moving towards the gathering, at which point one of them will be left because there can be only one, and they're going to win the prize. And what yeah. is the prize? Well... We'll get to that in just a second. All right. This was a first time watch for you. Faith, what did you think of Highlander from 1986? We should add this movie was filmed in 1985, was released in 1986. Let me also add, this movie is a true cult movie. This movie did absolutely low business when it came <laughs> out, made about $5 million, did very well on cable and on uh, VHS in rentals, and it's that led to the eventual sequel but um really not not a lot of buzz about it when That's it came out but it has this really great cult following now and you talk to anyone my age or young you know just people who've seen the movie they we love it we absolutely love it so what did you think first time watch uh coming into this oh i'm with with everybody else your age or whatever i absolutely loved it what did what did you think because i want to take a step back here and part of the the uh original setup of this show faith and i really bonded over films and fil faith uh i have a few years on faith and she wanted to expand her film vocabulary and so we would watch movies that she hadn't seen now you also introduced me to movies that i hadn't seen which is it so it's been this great mm -hmm. uh kind of synergy uh of the relationship and that led to the show in a lot mm -hmm. of ways we both really loved the horror film and so it's always fun to hear from you <laughs> When it's something you haven't seen. Now, let me back up, though, because this is so much fun for me. What did you think when I when I explained to you what this movie was? Well, I was excited because I don't think we've done anything with swords on this movie. I mean, on this show, have we? Not that not that I, I can... don't think so. So when you were like, 
their swords and they cut each other's heads off. And I was just like, okay, I'm sold. Yeah. It sounds weird, but I'm sold. Right. And what did you think of it, having seen it? It's like, it, I kind of went in thinking, okay, we'll, we'll see how this is. It's, it sounds a little strange, but... I just, I don't know. It was, it was just an incredible movie. I like the way of the flashbacks of stuff. I like yes. that there's kind of different stories intertwined. Yes. So I feel like there's more to it than just sword fighting and, you know. This is, this is a completely immersive experience mm-hmm. of a movie. This is a movie that you watch. Now, the Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh, I don't know if you remember the Aqua Teen Hunger Force uh, on Adult Swim. There was a joke that they made on that show that stuck with me for years. Uh, the Shake said, uh, and my favorite uh, documentary is Highlander. No, that was a movie. No, it's a documentary. And it happened in real time. So <laughs> that has really stuck with me. I, but it, it doesn't feel like a documentary, but it, it's so immersive. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I really enjoy about movies like this, and there are certain movies that have a premise that are just so outlandish. Bubba Hotep is springing to mind. We did that on the show. Elvis in a nursing home fighting a mummy with JFK, who happens to be black. Okay, that should not work. And that is one of the finest films that we've done on this show. Highlander immortals are fighting and they cut each other's (laughs) heads off and they're fighting to get to the prize. Like, okay, you know, (laughs) this like it sounds so good and so weird all at the same time. And it completely works. What works about it for you? Again, I think kind of tying in his life story throughout kind of really brings it all into me just the storytelling what i really admire about this story i love the narrative and i love that the narrative is broken and i love that you're getting uh the two stories are happening kind of simultaneously Mm -hmm. they are flashbacks but the the stories are happening simultaneously and one is informing the other as you go along so it's not just a flashback going and then this happened and this happened so you're seeing things as they happen you're mm-hmm. getting the world explained to you so you come in a little cold obviously because right. this you know it's the first movie in the series but you come in cold you don't know what's happening and you you enter in on a wrestling match mm-hmm. he's sitting there christopher lambert uh playing uh connor mcleod of the clan mcleod from scotland is sitting there uh i love that shot that shot is so yeah. beautiful that steady cam kind of remote shot, uh, helicoptery shot in Madison Square Garden. You find him; he's sitting there. And I want to say this: the lighting in this movie is off the chain. I love it. I know. I noticed that too. This is at the time of this recording in November of 2020. This is a 35-year-old movie. This looks brand spanking new in the uh, high def transfer that's on Amazon right mm-hmm. now. The uh, it, it looks absolutely beautiful, but the way the light is is photographed in this movie and the way it's lit and it comes through windows and you actually can see the light in right. a lot of a lot of scenes. But you, the light is like right on his eyes. Kind of reminds me of something out of Star Trek, you know, the old mm-hmm. Star Trek when they put the the light just on the yes. eyes, you know, <laughs> and he's just sitting there. The crowd's moving around this man, this mysterious looking man. And then he gets up. He feels something. He goes down to the parking garage and he has a fight with a guy played by Peter Diamond, who was uh, the stunt coordinator on this movie. He was also the stunt coordinator on the original three Star Wars films, as well as countless other classic films. He played the sand person that uh, uh, knocked Luke Skywalker out in in that movie. So... Hmm. Then you get in the fight, and, and it's like everything about this movie is kind of there. The the mystery, 
the sword fighting, I think the sword fights in this movie are absolutely beautiful and amazing they and are. rival the best that Star Wars has to offer. And I feel like there's a Star Wars element to this movie. Yes. I actually read that in one of the reviews. Somebody said that this was like their Star Wars kind of kind of coming up. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could see that. Well, and the other thing about the narrative is it really adheres to that hero's journey that we've talked about several times on this show. We talked about it at length in the Silence of the Lambs episode with Clarice Starling. But Luke Skywalker, all the great heroes go through this journey. Connor McCloud is no different. Mm-hmm. No different. So there are those touchstones. Like the story's told in a lot the same way. But I love it. You get this mystery. You don't know what's going on. He cuts this guy's head off, and then the, then the light comes out. <laughs> And it's like a Who concert, and then, <laughs> and it, and and you don't know what's going on. He's got the sword, and then he stashes it. But so you have the story of the immortals going on. You have three stories happening in this, which I think is great. You have the story then of his life uh, mm-hmm. leading up to this, but then you also have the police story with uh, Roxanne Hart playing Brenda, the forensics expert, and all three then intertwine yeah as, right. as we go on that's another very kind of star wars thing yeah where you have a couple different stories that will then commingle together so um but it starts off weird and then but what i like about the narrative you get the information then as you go along and it's so rewarding right as it goes along and then also, I like that you're cutting uh, before you know what he is and what's going on with him. You're cutting back and forth and you see him in the 1500s and you're like, what the hell is this? What the, <laughs> what the hell is this? So, well, Connor McCloud is an immortal. Uh, the best of my knowledge, I am not an expert on this series. I, I really only know the first movie. I've seen the second movie. Uh, I've seen a few episodes of the television series. I, uh, I've seen the, well, I have seen the first three movies, I should say. Uh, but the first one's the one for me as far as i can tell the rules are uh the immortal will will die he has like a death experience um connor uh gets uh uh, bludgeoned really or run through by the kurgan played by clancy brown we're going to get to him in a minute and so that is uh that is in he 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 gets thrown out he's ostracized they think he's in league with the devil uh, he's played by Christopher Lambert. What do you think of Christopher Lambert? He came to international promise, uh, prominence with a movie called Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan. That was a more realistic take uh, on the Tarzan legend and, and kind of adhered to the Edgar Rice Burroughs uh, novels. He was signed to this movie on the basis of that film uh, without the producers uh, knowing that he didn't speak English. So... <laughs> Uh, what did you think of Christopher Lambert as Connor McCloud? Because this is his movie. This, yeah. this, he, he is the star of this film. He is. I don't, I don't think it would work without him. You said Kurt Russell. I could see him, but he... there were a lot of names considered. Kurt was the one that got, I think he was actually signed and then had to pull mm-hmm. out. So, um, I, I like him a lot here. I, I'm not too familiar with him at all, but there's something about him here that you just kind of. You feel for him. You kind of really. There's a real mysterious there presence is. to him. There's all and and when you see him sitting in that in that Madison Square Garden at the beginning, he, there's a real mystery to him, mm-hmm. and he and and it's in his it's on his face and it's in his body language, and, and he's very mysterious. There's also a real playful quality to him too. Yes. That's a lot of fun. And I think it's a wonderful performance. I was I was saying this to a friend of mine. We were talking about the film because he was asking me, what are y'all doing? I said, we're doing Highlander. He loves Highlander. We, we love Highlander. Guys love Highlander. 
And uh, I said, man, I don't know if Christopher Lambert is a good actor or not, but he completely wins me over right. in this because then you're also getting him as a young man, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the, in the, the flashback stuff. Right. And you're seeing him kind of, you know, the Rocky story in a way like going from zero to hero. Mm-hmm. And I think he's wonderful. I don't think this movie works without him. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that I really like in this movie is his voice. Mm-hmm. I really like his voice. He does try to do a little Scottish thing when he's in the Scottish scenes. And, and it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, and he even said like he, he, he wanted him to kind of be like, you don't know, you don't where, know he's, where he's from. Yeah. Because he's been... He's from everywhere. Everywhere, <laughs> Yeah. I think it's a really, really great performance. And I, I think the movie works. If the movie works, it's because of, of him. him. Mm-hmm. And he seems to completely buy into this. Right. Buy into this. What do you think of this whole thing with the immortals? I think, I think it's a, it's a fascinating thing. Um, yeah. There's this thing with the immortals, uh, there's a technical term for this. I, I can't remember what it is in storytelling, but it's when you show something by showing what it's not, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, like in a Star Trek episode, like if you have the crew, like the naked time, for instance, they all get the space sickness where well, you see who they are by showing who they're not. Right. You know? <laughs> and for me, I think this movie is, you said this is a lot more than just the sword fighting. And I think what it is, is it's a real look at us because there's a real tragedy to these immortals. Mm-hmm. There's a real tragedy to them in that they don't really live. Not exactly. like we do. No. You know, they don't really live. And, and you see this pain on his face. I think mm-hmm. the tragedy of this, you know, he can't really get too close to anybody. He can't, you know, um, he has his secretary, Rachel, you know, she knows, you know, but even that he, he keeps her at a distance, mm-hmm. you know, and, it's it's really tragic. You would think it would be something that we would all want, yet, right? Yet here it is. This guy. I don't know if he wants to die, but it's yeah. It's, but he still feels like you feel like he's like you said. It feels like something maybe that you celebrate. That you're kind of ooh, I'm immortal. You know, like yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can see this kind of sadness lingering on him. Like he he can't do what he really wants in life, and I think that's a really interesting part of it. I mean. I think, I think it's it the works. heart. Yeah, I think it's the it, heart of the movie, and they don't make a big deal about mm-hmm. it, you know. Uh, but you see that played on Christopher Lambert's face, mm-hmm. and I, I, again, I, I, I haven't seen him in too much outside of this and a few other things. I think he's a good actor, I, but I, again, you know, like he's so great in this, right? You know, um, you definitely see it on his face. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of Connor McCloud as our hero here? I really like him a lot. I just, I don't know, like I said, I feel like. I like the playful side of him I do too. when he when he's messing with uh, Brenda, played by Roxanne Hart. I, I like when he's uh, in her apartment and he's messing with yeah. her, and you could tell that that he's got that little sly smile. You know, uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. He reminds me of another character, but he also feels so unique in his own way because I feel like his backstory and there's so much to him. You know, <laughs> there's so much mystery to him. Right. I like him a lot. I do too. I do too. A hero is only as good. As the villain. We have a great villain in this, I think. The Kurgan, played by Clancy Brown. I think Clancy Brown is a national treasure. Clancy Brown has been in a lot of stuff. Uh, Most probably, most notably, the Shawshank Redemption, which Mm -hmm. is now an American classic. He plays the warden in that film. He has a look about him, a screen presence, unlike any other, a voice that is just to die for. 
He's done a lot of voiceover work. He has uh, uh, portrayed Lex Luthor in the animated Superman series. He was Mr. Krabs in <laughs> SpongeBob. I love that the Kurgan is, <laughs> is in SpongeBob. But uh, here he plays the Kurgan, uh, a guy who originally comes out of Russia, we believe, and has uh, been fighting with uh, all the bad guys <laughs> throughout history. <laughs> he is the most skilled, the most evil, the darkest of the immortals. Um he, he's when terrifying. I, when I think of Highlander, like he's one of the things I think of. Like yeah. that's what that's what I think about. He's awful. He is. Uh, what did you think of Clancy Brown as the Kurgan? Oh, he's amazing. And you basically said it last week when you were telling me about this movie. You're like, this is probably has one of the best villains. The villain is just so good. And you were right. And like Fred Krueger and Darth Vader, he has more screen time than they do. He mm-hmm. is kind of. I don't know which it, uh, he's not a lead. He's definitely supporting, but he's got a lot more screen time than they do. He's much more involved in the plot. Right. Uh, but the movie doesn't center around him, but you feel him when he's in it. And when he's not. <laughs> you, you feel him, yeah. And he is the driving force of this plot. He's mm-hmm. the one who uh, kills McCloud originally mm-hmm. and and lets him know, you know, which sparks the, the immortality. Right. You know, and... He is a vicious, brutal bastard. One of the things that I like is the way that, uh, as I said earlier, uh, the past informs the present Mm -hmm. in this movie. And I love the little tidbit where you learn that he had uh, raped McCloud's wife back in the day Mm -hmm. and McCloud never knew anything about it. So then that ups the stakes a little more going into the game. So he is continually on this uptick of vileness right <laughs> you know and we talk about guys like fred krueger who are so just unredeemable this guy is right up there with him you know, know. like there is nothing no. nothing redeeming about this guy uh and he is a legitimate threat not only to connor but to all of us humanity yeah. because if he wins this prize we're gonna be under the boot of this guy exactly you know fascism whatever you want to call it you know i mean he he is that vile we're going to talk about that in just a second. One of the things I like about another character we're going to talk about who might be my favorite character in this piece. But um, what do you think about his look? It's very interesting. I honestly don't think I was expecting him to look that way. He's got the long hair, kind of pale very face. Very punkish looking. Very big. And then he shaves his head and yeah. you see he's got a dragon tattoo, which which is fitting for him, I believe. <laughs> I think so. He's got that big sword, uh, uh, real presence. He, he's a warrior. He is. And he goes by the alias Victor Kruger. If you break that down, I was reading it. Victor, and then Kruger comes out the Dark Warrior, I believe. Uh, so Makes uh, sense. Makes sense <laughs> of Kruger. There you go. There you go. I wonder if that was a nod or not. I, I, I was thinking that, too. I don't know. I didn't find anything one way or the other. And Clancy Brown actually did appear in the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I believe we said that he was, uh, when we did that episode, I, I don't know if we said it in the show or amongst ourselves he was one of our favorite parts of it because he he's hard not to he, enjoy i mean he's really a national treasure he is he really is so um before we get to this uh there is a love story here uh roxanne hart uh she's a character actress uh this is one of the things that she's most known for she plays brenda what do you think of brenda the forensics expert in this film i like her for the most part i think she seems like a a decent woman, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like she's just, like, the girlfriend. Right. 
you know, I don't feel like she's just like uh, she's just there to be there. the. I will say this: it was really weird to me watching this. The 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 one criticism I have of this movie, and it's such an eighties thing, is the sex scene is so thinking, gratuitous. I was thinking this, and I'm wondering thing. because this is a PG thirteen movie up to that. Really, I would say it's more PG. There's not a lot of blood in it. No. You know, I mean, the sex scene with, with the nudity is like what really, <laughs> the most. I mean, I guess you could make the case the violence yet, yeah, but there's no blood spurting from the heads, you know, not like Kill True. Bill or something. Um, very tastefully done. And I'm not saying that it was a gratuitous scene, but I was like, we're like 15 minutes from the end. You That's know? what I was, I was thinking the same thing. I watched I'm like, where did, I was like, really, where did that come from? Out of, just like it came right. out of nowhere. Like, right. Hmm, okay. well, we got, we got to get it in. <laughs> Producers are standing off to the side. We need some boobs. <laughs> Gotta show the nipple. <laughs> yeah, show the nipple. All right. Christopher, kiss the nipple. Kiss the nipple. Do it, Christopher. All right, we're going to put some queen music on here, too. Yeah. Because <laughs> when people like to get down, they listen to queen. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. I, I don't know. You know. I don't know either. The but last, I was, I was the last film, that. last scene filmed or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it took me. I, I did it. I went. That's my only criticism of this movie. And you would think it'd be like. I swear to you too. That's what, uh, mine too. The eighties. The eighties. Cocaine. It was a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a badly done scene. It's just no, it, it comes just out. Like, it doesn't fit with the tone of the movie fit at all. I'm trying to think what happened right before that happened. He was preparing to 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 go basically die. You know, like. <laughs> Like it's leading up to the last fight, and it's like it's lit because I stopped it and I went. I'm trying to think, what did he tell her in that scene right before it happened? That he was immortal. That's right. Yeah. So all the and cards then she felt the, the need to kiss him or something because do me, Connor, <laughs> do me. I guess chicks dig immortal men. I don't know. Do me, do me with your 500 year old wang. <laughs> do me, Connor. Chicks like older guys, I guess. I guess so. I mean, and oh. look, I get the attraction between them. That's not. Yeah, it's, that's not the the question is like you go from this movie that's humming along, you know, just just going, going, going. And it's amazing. You know, and you, well, what's funny, it's like even with the wife in the flashbacks, there was a little scene where there was some moaning or whatever, but it wasn't like overly done. And that makes sense. No. It was like they were married. And yeah. You're seeing their life. And then yeah. it's like, here's this. <laughs> where did it come from? Yeah. Before we get before we get to the <laughs> peacock. Before we get to the peacock, uh, Heather, the character of Heather, and I do not have that actress's name in front of me uh, at the moment. We will get that in a second. Uh, I love mm-hmm. that performance. I love that whole story. That story breaks my heart. Yeah, it does. It, I, I it, didn't expect it. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with the music by Queen, the who wants mm-hmm. to live forever set over that, you know, as she gets older, he doesn't. Holding her as she dies, that beautiful, just, just just love between these two characters. And I like that character of Heather because she took him in mm-hmm. after he's been ostracized by the clan McLeod. And they're having this, what I think is a lovely life together, mm-hmm. a beautiful life there in the Highlands, you yeah. know, and they're doing their thing and they're in love and you can tell they're in love. I know. You know, and, uh, I was expecting him to leave her. We kind of just, it, maybe his life kind of fades out. But, but that's not who he is. Right. And having that little moment was like, oh, wow. you know. Yeah. And he holds this this beautiful woman as she dies. And mm-hmm. it really breaks my heart. This woman who you can tell loves animals and, and, and mm-hmm. nature and him. And yeah. he loves her. And it's yeah. genu- it's very genuine. And, uh, and it breaks my heart what happened to her that she kept 
from him. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, which again, it, the way that the past is informing the present in this, and and it makes then the final confrontation, I think, even more uh, uh, important. Exactly. You know, and and the stakes are so high, and that element of uh, revenge in a way. Yeah. You know, and the Kurgan is such an evil, awful, vile character. All right, here we go. The reason we did this movie. <laughs> Sean Connery is in this movie. Sean Connery was paid about a million bucks for a week's worth of work. He bet the director that he wouldn't be able to get all the scenes in. Well, guess what he did? Of course he did. He plays Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. That's right. Five names. He is uh, the advisor to King Charles of Spain. He is uh, Egyptian by birth. He is played by a Scotsman, as we have have been saying throughout this show. He is played by the one and only Sean Connery. Uh, I don't think Connery needs any introduction. Uh, uh, Big loss recently. Why we did this movie. My favorite part of this movie think a lot of people's favorite part of the movie if you're looking at it from the hero's journey perspective he is the mentor ramirez mm-hmm. he comes and teaches connor everything he needs to know not only about who he is but how to take care of himself and fight what did you think of sean connery as juan sanchez villalobos ramirez it was amazing i mean come on <laughs> just, first off the look everything about he's a peacock him. he's literally wearing peacock feathers i know no, just his role. I love that role of him being the mentor, looking like a peacock. <laughs> I love him. He's amazing. What do you think about their relationship? I think it was special. I think it was too. So I want to talk about uh, Ramirez in relation to the Kurgan, because what I like about Ramirez, and this was hit me as I was watching this, why is Ramirez training him? Because this is a guy, Connor McCloud, if he gets good enough, and he does get good enough, mm-hmm. he bests Ramirez in sword fighting, mm-hmm. but Connor does not take his head. Why doesn't he take his head? Because they're friends. They're brothers. Right. It's not time of the gathering yet. You know, right. Why is Ramirez training him? And I love that there's a story happening here off. That's not part of what's going on here. And that is of course the game and the right. immortals fighting each other and you gain the power. Ramirez, there's a selflessness here because Ramirez does not want the Kurgan to win. And so it's almost like he's training these people. Just to... You're finding these good guys, yeah, uh-huh. raising an army in a right. way against the Kurgan <laughs> as safeguards, mm-hmm. you know. And I love that about it. And it's not really hit on in the movie. Why do you think Ramirez was training him? I honestly didn't think about it, but that's what you just brought up, I think, is a really good point. I mean, it makes sense. And he is like 2,500 years old mm-hmm. by the time we meet him in this <laughs> film. And I think probably he sees it as a duty to, to, to enlighten these people, you know, and, mm-hmm. and help them. Cause he does call him brother. Right. You know, it's a wonderful character. I think <laughs> this character rivals, you know, uh, the great mentors in, in literature and film like Gandalf and Obi-Wan right. Kenobi and Yoda. There is something so magical about Connery and he's not in this much. He's in it 15 minutes. Yeah. Maybe. My God, the whole movie just just really comes to life when he shows up. I know. It, it's kind of a shame that we didn't get more of him. But, I mean, hey, what, what we did get of him, we're grateful for, right? Did you have a favorite moment with him? Every moment with him. Yeah. <laughs> really, every moment that he was yeah. in it. I really like the moment where he tells him about the Kurgan. You know, he mm-hmm. says, well, how do you fight a man like that? With Hawk? With steel? <laughs> you know, that that is just... Yep. A beautiful moment. Yeah. It's great. It's great. And and, and, it, and it pains me when he leaves us, when he 
when he gets his head cut mm-hmm. off. It, it sucks, you know, but uh, really, really great performance. Again, not in it much, but my God, the he, the movie and you feel him then throughout yes. you know, after, after he comes that. in. And did you notice he has his outfit in his uh, Connor McCloud in his little sanctuary had Ramirez's yes. outfit and he uses his sword, that beautiful mm-hmm. katana dragon sword, bringing that dragon energy. Yes. <laughs> This 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 really is such a wonderful movie, and it, it really is, and it and it feels so timeless now. Um, there is there are some eighties moments in it, but mm-hmm. it, it it feels very timeless. You know, I think it just makes it even more even more special. You know, coming yeah. from the eighties. Uh, let's talk about the other big element in this uh, Queen. Yes, we uh, we have songs by Queen. Uh, no stranger to the fantasy genre. They did the score for the Flash Gordon movie in nineteen eighty. And uh, we have a score by Michael Kamen. I really like the score by Michael Kamen. I think both of the musical elements give this picture the uh, the added element of uh, pathos and energy that it needs to, to really kind of transcend uh, what it is. Yeah, I feel like yeah, the storytelling really helps with with the music here. The uh, the training music by Michael Kamen when uh, we had that beautiful montage with uh, Ramirez training Connor is absolutely beautiful. Oh yes absolutely beautiful uh transcendent really transcendent mm-hmm. and beautiful the songs by queen are really good let's talk about queen one of the best things uh with this is sean connery died we decided to do highlander i watch highlander hear queen and i get to listen <laughs> in the queen what is it about queen that is so good we can use the word you used a while ago it, there's they're magical there's something they're a kind of magic aren't they yes i mean they're so special, so different. The soundtrack to this is available on the Kind of Magic album that they released in 1986. Uh, all told, I think they wrote nine songs for the movie. Uh, I'm not sure if all of them are featured in the film that are on the album. I think they are. But uh, there are a couple of real winners here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start Princess of the Universe. That is some heavy stuff and sets the tone for this that movie. Is, yeah, that's as soon as it started, I was like, wow. This isn't. Yeah. This isn't entrance. Like wow. Yeah, yeah. Really, really wonderful stuff. Uh, that that finds them in their heavy metal mode. Also, uh, one of the things I like about Queen is they have. There is no genre with Queen. Right. They're all genres. They can do that heavy metal thing, and then if you listen to the entirety of Princes of the Universe, the track, then it turns into this kind of Broadway thing, mm-hmm. almost this rock and roll Broadway thing. They're amazing. Uh, one of my favorite uh, kind of. Uh, B-side deep tracks, uh, One Year of Love is uh, in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, the beautiful Who Wants to Live Forever is in this. Yes. And takes on a whole favorite. new meaning with him, with Freddie mm-hmm. having left. It's been 30 years since Freddie died. It's still still Painful. sad. <laughs> yeah. Know. That's a talented band. And it's not one member. It's all four no. of them. I think a lot of people sometimes overlook the band. They're just Freddie, Freddie, Freddie. The whole band. It doesn't work it's all of without them. all of them. Yeah. And they knew that. They, yeah. they, yeah. Freddie's the, the lead singer. So right. he's going to be the star. But my God, all of them. All of them. No, you they need all so of good. them to be queen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they were not the first choice uh, for this. There were two other bands. I forget who else they asked, but. Uh, I read. And I can't remember. I can't remember either. One of them was a band that had had a hit at the time and they turned it down because they were on tour and they said that was the biggest mistake <laughs> we ever made. I'm glad they did because we got Princes of the Universe. Mm-hmm. And Queen's a really great choice for this because there is an element of nerd with yeah. with Queen if you listen to some of their stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, but also the existential nature of this with stuff like Bohemian Rhapsody, which is so existential. Mm-hmm. 
And then you listen to like Who Wants to Live Forever, written by Brian May, the guitarist, and just really encapsulates like this movie. Like, and the movie gets its energy from this from, score yeah, exactly. and, the, and the songs. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I mean, the storytelling's good, everything's great, but just tying that music in with it just really it's brought that it dragon to Dragon energy, Faith. Well, I know. It's that dragon energy. <laughs> dragon energy. Is there anything you would like to add about Highlander? Not, not that I could think of other than I am so glad you picked this movie. If you have not seen this movie, everybody has to because it really is better than you would think it is. <laughs> it's it's better than it has any right to be. Yeah. And, and a lot of that credit goes to the screenplay by Gregory Wyden. Uh, it, all the facets of this are working. Mm-hmm. The acting, the script. Yeah. Uh, we also, oh, we have an appearance in this movie by John Polito, who is in The Big Lebowski, who plays the private detective, the brother Seamus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we should mention that John Polito is in this movie. <laughs> One of our great character actors, a uh, wonderful guy. And um, we have, uh, uh, I was going somewhere with that. But um, but uh, as I was saying, the script by Gregory Wyden, uh, the direction by Russell McKay is really, it's so well done. I know. It's so well done. The choreography in this is, is, is absolutely amazing. Uh, before we take the break, what do you think about the final fight? Oh my gosh, it's amazing. It really is. It, it really is. And I see elements of that fight in Kill Bill by Quentin mm-hmm. Tarantino. Yeah. The way the blue yes. is in the background at Silver Cup Studios uh-huh. where Joey Tribbiani famously played <laughs> Dr. Drake Ramore. Um, really great. And it doesn't matter to me at the end because you can see the wires as he's lifted up. I don't care that you can see <laughs> the know. wires. I don't care. That's If you're watching for that, you're missing the point. You here. are. And what do you think uh, then about the, uh, the the prize that he's he's kind of one with the universe now? Yeah, I love he's it. mortal, mortal, and, and he can live a life that you know, and omniscient. You know, yeah. like I thought that was really cool. I I don't think I saw that coming either. I didn't think that was going to be the big prize, but I really liked that. The nice prize, little touch. The prize is he gets to live. Yeah, I love it. This is this is great stuff. Like it really is on on a lot of levels. It it's really great stuff. is. <laughs> If you just want to watch this for pulpy entertainment, it's that. If you want to see a deeper meaning here, mm-hmm. there's that. There's so many different elements of uh, of genre working here. Yeah. And the performances, I think, are so good from uh, our three leads, uh, Clancy Brown, Roxanne Hart, and uh, Christopher Lambert. And then, of course, that supporting performance by Sean Connery is just, I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. It's Sean Connery. Exactly. <laughs> it's Sean Connery playing, uh, <laughs> bringing, that, <laughs> bringing that energy. <laughs> Bringing energy. All right. Peacock we, energy. That, that, that peacock energy. That's <laughs> <laughs> peacock, all right. All right. We are going to take a very short break. This is a news break. All of the fake news not fit to print. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. Faith, we have had a mayoral race here in Cozy Corner. The incumbent, Lucius Morningstar, who is seeking his fifth term, 
as Mayor of Cozy Corner is going up against uh, relative newcomer Lori Lemurfemer. Now, the vote was too close to call, mm-hmm. way too close to call, and it necessitated an automatic recount. Yes. Now, that recount is happening behind closed doors, but you were able to go down and get an interview earlier with the gentleman in charge of the recount, were you not? That is correct. Right. He was nice enough to grant us a few few moments right. of his time. Now, we have that exclusive interview, and this guy comes very highly recommended, correctly? Mm-hmm. Correct? This... This is what he lives for. Right. This is what he lives this for. This is his life. So we're going to so we're gonna play this interview now. You went down uh, earlier this afternoon. Mm-hmm. And you walked in and... Uh, wasn't there very long. You weren't there very long. Wasn't there very long okay. now. So now we do not have an update on this on this race yet. The, the recount is happening right now. That's correct. So, all right. Well, here we go. Uh, face interview with the gentleman in charge of the recount of the Cozy Corner mayoral race. See you on the other side. I am here at the Cozy Corner Convention Center to figure out what is going on with these recounts. I'm going to be talking to the main man in charge, Count Von Count, and here we go, entering the room right now. 1,025 ballots! Ah, ah, ah. 1,026 ballots. Ah, ah, ah. Can I take a few minutes of your time and just ask how this this is going? Yes. How's it going? Do we have any update or? I love to count. 1,027 ballots. Ah, 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 ah. Are you counting ballots or the votes on the ballots? Excuse me? Are you counting ballots or are you counting the vote on them? 1,028 ballots. Ah, 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 ah. I don't think you're doing this right. You have to count the vote. Does this mean I need to start over? I think it does. I love to count one ballot. Ah, 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 ah. Two ballots. Uh, uh, All right. Uh, I don't uh, know if we're going to have any answers tonight because ballots. he clearly doesn't uh, uh, know uh, 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 uh. what is going on. Four ballots. Uh, 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 uh. We'll keep you posted. Five ballots.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We're, we're going to keep up with that dragon energy, Faith. Yes, we Got are. that dragon energy going. We've been talking about one of my favorite films, Highlander from 1986, one of Faith's new favorite, new favorite. films. <laughs> it is just something really wonderful about this movie. It, it, there really is. Absolutely wonderful about mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, we like to read the review of our old pal John Stanley, the former host of Creature Features in the Bay Area. He took over that film from Bob Wilkins back in the day. Well, he wrote the Bible yes, he on sci-fi, horror, and fantasy. The, this is the movie guide, Creature Features. He, uh, he rates on a five-star scale. Faith, what do you think he gave Highlander? Hmm, three and a half. Four stars. Good, okay. Four stars. Uh, Stupendous fantasy adventure directed with great imagination by Russell Mulcahy, who employs a fluid camera to tell this cosmic level story about a race of immortals who duel over the centuries with magical swords to claim the prize. This covers four centuries by cross-cutting between past and present to dramatize the growth of a Scotsman trained by mentor Sean Connery. Their common enemy is the Kurgan, a malevolent immortal. The fights are brilliantly staged in this stylish screen fantasy. Watch for the great stairway sword duel. Roxanne Hart and Clancy Brown co-star. And guess what? It's available on Laserdisc (laughs) from Image. (laughs) Give me some of that energy. Give me some of that mojo. Uh, Great film. Uh... As I said earlier, there are some Ewan McGregor connections here that I want to get into. All right. Uh, most notable, of course, the easiest to spot is Scotland. <laughs> Ewan McGregor <laughs> is one of the most famous sons of Scotland, one of our favorites here on the Late Night yes. Fright too. Uh, so we have that going for us. Now, uh, Sean Connery was in the running, in George Lucas's mind at least. He was the first choice to play Qui-Gon Jinn. In Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, there's an alternate universe out there with Sean Connery <laughs> as Qui Gon Jinn, and boy, I would like to see that film. Me too. One of the things I like about this film is you get to see maybe possibly a little hint of what his Qui Gon Jinn may have been because mm-hmm. he's in that mentor role here. I would have loved to have seen that. Me too. Okay, so there's that. There's a possible co-star here. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a Phantom Menace co-star in this movie, Hugh uh, Corshi. Uh, who plays the, uh, uh, forget his name in the film. He's uh, the guy he meets on the bridge, uh, the last, yeah, the fall. weird. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember it's his like name. like it starts with a K. Yeah, like Cadigan or something like Cat- that. Guitar-y something. Something like that. Uh, the last to fall before the, mm-hmm. the battle. Uh, he played Captain Panaka in The Phantom Menace. Well, guess what? Ewan's aunt by marriage in this movie. The lady who plays Rachel in this film was married to Dennis Lawson, who is Ewan McGregor's uncle. Dennis Lawson played Wedge Antilles in all three of the original Star Wars films, alongside Peter Diamond, who did all of the stunt, <laughs> who was the stunt coordinator. So some Ewan McGregor connections in yeah. this movie, which I think are pretty neat. That's very interesting. Yeah, pretty yeah. cool, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. There has been talk throughout the years of remaking this film. Uh, it, uh, there was a little mojo about it about 10 or so years ago. They were talking about possibly casting somebody like James McAvoy, who is Scottish. Uh, in the role of McCloud uh, with Vinnie Jones, uh, the, the, the great look Vinnie Jones as the Kurgan, and possibly Antonio Banderas as Ramirez. 
Uh, this is something that I think is still maybe possibly on the table, a remake of Highlander at some point in the future. What would you think about a remake of Highlander? Uh, I mean, I'd possibly watch it, but it's hard to top classic movies. Like as And you know what? As much as I love this movie and anti-remake as I am, I actually don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to actually do kind of a big epic yeah. three-part Highlander thing with the last part being the battle for the prize and getting in, right. the, you know, kind of expanding this world. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it would depend. It would yeah, depend. Yeah, it would I'm, definitely depend. I'm not, it, it doesn't like make my, you know, just make me go no. Right, right. You know, um, uh, multimedia franchises, I said, the, the sequels, there's an interesting thing with the sequels. Highlander 2 is wildly regarded, widely, I should say, uh, regarded as one of the strangest sequels ever made. <laughs> Uh, that has little to nothing to do with the with this installment. It's set in really? 2024, and it turns out that they were aliens from the planet Zeiss the entire time. There was a lot of back uh, uh, production problems with the movie. Uh, it got taken from Mulcahy, who came back to direct it, and they added all this stuff in, and then that necessitated then a few years later, this thing called the Renegade Cut, where they took out all of the Zeiss stuff, but it still changes the flavor, and I remember seeing the movie and going, what is this? <laughs> and it's, it's a shame because I know. Sean Connery came back for the second one, probably because they gave him a lot of money. And uh, it's the only time in his career that he played a character more than once outside of James Bond. Right. Yeah. So pretty interesting. He came back because Christopher Lambert wanted him to come back. It, it's a weird, weird movie. Then they did a TV show. Now the TV sh- so each sequel cancels out the sequel before it. Okay. <laughs> so then they did the TV show, mm-hmm. uh, which centers on Duncan McLeod, who is uh, also a member of clan McLeod and an immortal. He's a cousin to Connor and the events of the first movie happen, except, uh, he doesn't win the prize from the Kurgan. Hmm. Okay. But he was trained by Ramirez and all that, you know, but, but, and he defeated the Kurgan, but he didn't win the prize. So it's kind of like an alternate timeline thing that's happening. And uh, uh, he's Christopher Lambert appears in the first episode as Connor. And then they they did a movie and he appears in the movie. But first, in between that, they did Highlander three, the final dimension, which is uh, kind of more of a direct sequel to (laughs) Highlander and doesn't step on the mythos of the TV show. Mm And then they did Highlander Endgame, which is a continuation of the TV series, which negates Highlander 2 and 3. This sounds like a hot mess. It's, it's, <laughs> it's more confusing than the Halloween timeline. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what I'm telling you is if you want to be cool, just watch just the watch first the- movie. <laughs> Just watch the first movie. Now, the the TV show, I've seen some episodes of the TV show. I, I actually really like the TV show. It, it um, I think they would have been better served if they had just made that character Connor, mm-hmm. the, the guy played by Adrian Paul. But uh, but they were setting up this mythos, and that's, and that's cool. And Christopher Lambert was all behind them doing a TV show and actually, like I said, appeared in one episode. And they do reference the history of the you know this, this movie. Uh, but just the fact that there's never really been like <laughs> – a sequel. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's why I wouldn't be completely against a remake. And I do think that if they had done a sequel, uh, back in the day, especially like, you know, in in 91, when they did the second one, I think they would have been better served to do almost a prequel to the first movie centering on his life 
in between because some right. of the fun stuff in here is seeing him throughout the years, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I love those little bits and those are funny. Uh, you know, there's that great bit with him with the duel, you know, and uh, getting run through with the sword and he just gets up <laughs> yes. and he's drunk. That was a lot of fun. Um, and I think there's a whole world to explore here that they yeah. really open up in the TV series. And again, I'm not I'm not an expert on that on that show, but they really expand on the mythology of it. And uh, that's cool. That sounds cool. That's absolutely, that's absolutely cool. Uh, but I don't think anything holds a candle to this film. There's so much in this movie to, to really get behind. Yeah. And, it's pretty great. Recommend, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is just, I like this movie a lot. It really is. Might be one of my new favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a favorite moment in this movie? I know, <gasps> I know it's hard to like go one, you know, one moment, but was there anything that really, really just stuck out? Oh, I mean, the goodness. Connery stuff, I think it's kind of the go-to. It's like, cause he's so great. It in is. This, and it's so great seeing him. It was a little difficult for me watching it because he's not with us anymore. Mm-hmm. And you see him in kind of in his in his later prime right. here. And he's so striking, you know. I know. And, uh, but he's, he's still with us. Yes. He's still with us. He lives in this movie, doesn't he? Yes, he, he does. He sure does. <laughs> uh, I like the last fight with the Kurgan. I like the Kurgan's look. We didn't talk about uh, the the cut he has on his throat and he put the safety pins in there. It's oh, like, yeah. Oh, he's vile, man. He's vile. Like at the church, he's just... <laughs> Yeah. You feel uncomfortable just watching him <laughs> in the church. Clancy Brown, they filmed that at a real church, and Clancy mm-hmm. Brown went and apologized to the people who that. worked there. And show you what a great teddy bear of a guy he is, and, and apologized for how he was acting. And they, I think, were okay with it. Right. You know, I mean, he was acting. And, uh, but that whole scene is really wonderful. It is. Whole scene yeah, the, is like, the really whole movie great. is so good. I I like the the police story too. We mm-hmm. didn't really touch on that too much. It's not the driving force of this, but uh, the police story is really good. Roxanne Hart's really good in this movie. Yeah, um, I think she is. Uh, but uh, you know, Christopher Lambert, I think, is is really what sells this for me. Mm-hmm. It's you know, Connery is wonderful, sexy window dressing in this movie, but but uh, Christopher Lambert is the heart of this yeah, and a wonderful beating heart of this movie. This, I cannot recommend this movie enough. Yeah. I'm so glad you, I'm so glad you picked it. Sucks the circumstances that, you know, yeah, you picked it cause he, you know, he popped into your mind cause he passed, but I, I don't know that we would have done this uh, because the other one on, on his filmography that really jumps out would be like the last crusade, mm-hmm. which, which we are going to do. So at some point in the future, we've done temple of doom. Uh, but it just, I was like, no, man, Highland. Like, it just it was, it just felt right, you know, right. For, for this show. And, and like I said, we do horror movies here. But and there are some horrific little moments. I absolutely. Mean, chopping people's are. heads off is not, you know, yeah. candy land. <laughs> the, the staircase fight, as uh, John Stanley points out, is really well done. Yes. Really great moment. There's some great moments in this. It, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful film that's going to stay with you in, in all the good way, all the correct ways. Uh, you know, I, I do think at, at the, the moment when... Uh, when he defeated the Kurgan and then the went in the glass kind of busted. Yeah. I think out loud. I was like, Oh wow. <laughs> there can be only like, one. All right. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Cause in the end there can only, there can be only one. Yep. Oh, Oh, there's a moment I really liked there in that last fight that uh, Christopher Lambert, it, it's, it's, it's all him. When, uh, the Kurgan has him down and he's, he's going to bring the sword down. No, no, no. He's kind of knocked out for a moment, mm-hmm. and Roxanne Hart comes up and yep. hits him upside the head, the Kurgan <laughs> upside the head, and he pushes her down, and he's going to bring the sword down mm-hmm. on her, and Connor comes in 
with a sword and catches it mm-hmm. and stops and he looks at her and he goes, what took you so long? You know, <laughs> yes. this wonderful moment of, of, of comedy that just, uh, and really work that sly playful thing he has going. It in feels this movie. like a real person. Like it, yeah. you know, it just, that feels like how a, He's yeah. not even acting. And the little moment, like when he opens the line, ah, 1787 was a good year. Yes. Mozart wrote his record. You know, just, and and he talks weird. He sounds weird. Mm-hmm. He does because he learned English. You mm-hmm. know, was, I, I don't know if how much of this was phonetic for him. Right. He seems to understand what's coming out of his mouth, though. Um, but it's, it's so much fun. He's so much fun. And I, I really think he's the reason this movie works as well as it does because he buys into it and he sells it and he's mysterious. Yeah. You know, and he's, and he's, he's, he's a good looking enough guy to where, you know, it's, it's not awful looking at him on screen, but he's not like this pretty boy, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and the stuff with him training, you know, with, you know, Heather, please. I love, (laughs) yeah. I, again, but my final question, what is it about the 80s and having dudes running on the beach together? Because Rocky <laughs> 3 famously has the beach running scene with Apollo and Rocky. And here we have uh, uh, Ramirez and Connor running on the beach. And it's one of my favorite scenes in the, I know. In the thing. That's a good question. It's a very good question. I and I love know. the metaphysical side of this movie, too, being one with everything. Mm-hmm. Like Ramirez teaches him to feel what's around. Very, very Jedi in a way. Very, I know. Very Jedi in a way. Final question. This is a hypothetical. What would have happened if it had come down to Ramirez and McLeod? Ah. No. I don't know. I think Ramirez had an idea that it would never come down to the two of them. Yeah. Again, I think that's why he was training him. Training mm-hmm. training him. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Probably so. Castigan. That was Hugh Corsi's name. Castigan. That was it. There you go. That was it. <laughs> Castigan. Great flick. Great flick. Very. So we have decided <laughs> on the spot again. <laughs> on the spot again, that uh, this is going to be Sci-Fi Fantasy Month mm-hmm. with a lean towards films that have a really great villain in it. I think the Kurgan qualifies as a great villain. I think so. We have a film next week that is science fiction that has one of the all-time great villains in oh, it. Yeah. Uh, this is also one of the all-time great films mm-hmm. of all time. I don't care if you don't like this franchise or not. If you have not seen this movie, you need to see this movie. This is a movie that everyone needs to see and is a movie that transcends its genre yes. and transcends the franchise that it's a part yes. of. This is a movie that really speaks to who we are mm-hmm. and speaks to the human heart and is one of the finest motion pictures I think ever made. Faith, what are we doing next week on the show? Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. William Shatner, Leonard <laughs> Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, my birthday buddy. Yes. And the one and only Ricardo Montalban as Khan, Noonien Singh. One of the great villain performances of all time. One of the great villains, I think, in screen history. And uh, check out the movie. There's your homework for the week. And also, uh, we have an episode available on Space Seed, the television episode mm-hmm. from Star Trek that precedes this. Check that out. Check out Space Seed. Listen to that episode if you haven't. And then uh, watch Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And we're going to get into that next week. I'm excited about that. That's one of my favorite films of all time. And again, a film that is science fiction uh, with some horrific elements. And it really does have some horrific elements. And and we're going to get all into the history of that movie. There's a great story about the writing of that film and and, and the making of it. 
and uh, some things that had repercussions for the series as a whole uh, moving forward. And I cannot wait to get in to uh, Shatner's performance in that movie because he is people knock William Shatner as an actor. Mm -hmm. You and I are on the side of no, he's a wonderful actor and Kirk is a great creation of his. His performance as Kirk in this movie is amazing. I know. And is only matched by Ricardo Monobon as Khan. And I'm really excited to get into it. I'm excited <laughs> about uh, sci-fi fantasy villain month. Mm-hmm. And I just want to reiterate what I said earlier. Uh, be joyful. Be joyful. Be joyful. And also, watch horror movies. <laughs> Keep America strong. There you go. As always, we hope you're happy. We hope you're healthy. We hope you're safe. If you're still listening, thank you for sticking with us. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, you can at Late Night Fright Podcast at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at Late Night Fright Podcast. And my lovely co host Faith is also on Instagram at I'm a normal alien. There you go. There you go. Get in touch with us. Yeah. Drop us a line. Drop us a line. And uh, maybe next week, we haven't done a top five in a while. Maybe we'll do a top five. Yes. And hopefully we'll have an update on this mayoral election here in Cozy Corner. I don't know if we will, the way he's counting. I don't know. He loves to count, Faith. <laughs> he loves to count. Don't take that from him. <laughs> All right. It feels like it's that time. We really don't want to go, but the clock on the wall says it's time to go. Faith, let's do that Fonzie snap that we do. Let's see if we can get the music to start. You ready? I'm ready. Ready? One, two, three. All right, again, thank you for tuning in wherever you are. And if you're in Oklahoma, you're still trying to get Oklahoma on the map, if you can verify that you're the first one in Oklahoma to listen to our show, you're going to get tree fitty. Yeah, I mean, that's a a deal. Come on. Operation Oklahoma (laughs) is still in effect. Watch Highlander if you haven't. Watch Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan because that's next up. Faith, it feels like it's time. Take us home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on on a leash. leash. Be safe, be happy, be good to yourself and your neighbor. We'll see you on the other side. Say goodnight, Faith. Goodnight, Faith.